The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, we're going to be breaking down Raya and the Last Dragon. I am kind of hyped for this. This is nice. I'm really glad that we have enough movies that we can be like reliably doing movies week by week. Like it's WandaVision last week, but I mean, I just feel like there's enough new stuff coming out. We're about to get back to movies. Life is getting better. Woo! Sorry, maybe that's just, I need to like knock on wood. Where's the wood? Wood. It was. There we go. I'm on spring break from my job, and it was, in fact, at exactly this time last year when, you know, we didn't come back from spring break because COVID. So I'm still living in this, you know, anxiety bubble of are we going to come back from spring break? Is something terrible going to happen this week? I know it's not, but Mm. nothing is certain anymore. I'm not going to lie. I work at Duke. And all of our children had to stay in place. Sorry, they're children. They're like maybe like five years younger than me. That like they're, <laughs> they're the, all of the children had to stay in place at Duke because of like the outbreak there has gotten so bad. So like it's it's just uh, it's not over yet. And I'm sorry to everybody in Texas who everybody's routinely saying it is over. But uh, we're, we're we're you know life's moving on. You know, Trevor's getting married get eventually. Gonna, I'm so excited. Yes. So am I. <laughs> Eventually. I, uh, sorry, I, <laughs> I <laughs> Trevor's is like Trevor's is like in April. I apologize. I'm like focused yes, on it. Yes, is imminent. If you like yes, involve me. We, if we you don't have involve a, me a in your wedding yet, planning. So. I'll be very happy to. I sorry if it's okay. I, it's not that I'm like doubting it, but you have to realize Katie and me have been engaged for five years. Unless a couple says we have a date, I'm like not. It's like I'm just like I'm like oh you're like Fair us, point. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I'm like I'm like it's all good. You don't have to get married tomorrow. We understand long engagements are totally cool because I I need them to be cool. So mm-hmm. sorry, this is too much awkward information about my life. Let's go ahead and talk about this movie. Okay, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It's a 2021 film. Uh, it's the second 20. 2021 sorry the first one the the actual technically wandavision was released in 2021 so it's technically the first 2021 film that we filmed that we actually reviewed this year was technically wandavision uh in a realm known as uh sorry kumandra a reimagined earth inhabited by an ancient civilization a warrior named raya is determined to find the last dragon directed by don hall carlos lopez estrada uh, there's two more credits here yeah directors were don hall carlos lopez Lopez Estrada, Paul Briggs, and John Rippa. Uh, written writing credits. There's a shitload of writing credits here. Okay. Uh, the two primarily screenplays are by uh, Kui Nguyen and Adele Lim. And we're going to get into that in a bit because we need to talk about representation yeah whether or not somebody was removed yeah i'm trying to think of this. It was actually no, no. What I'm thinking about is uh, the sequel to. Um, uh god what is it uh what's the wedding in asia i'm so sorry uh, crazy rich asians person crazy rich asians. Asians. thank you fucking christ yes they, so there was an issue that happened with crazy rich asians that the that the asian writer on for the screenplay of the movie actually got removed for the sequel so it's just gonna was that this screenwriter gonna... that's worked on this one or are we talking about a different no one? it is not no no, no. this okay. is a man this is queen nagui and he's done things uh he's done the society uh he's not done like a lot someone of things that, that worked on crazy rich asians did work on this movie uh yes but not uh not from the screenplay or direction standpoint okay. and uh, apologies the problem with this movie is that it has four directors which is just sort of digital directing right now is there's like it's like there's so many people involved so i'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. Uh, who was the person uh, so it's code like there's two co-directors and then director and then there's two directors so it's because like Carlos Lopez Estrada who did blind spotting and he did Legion and a couple of other things and then Don Hall who did meet the Robinsons and Big Hero 6 so you know it's kind of he also was kind of he was a writer on Moana and oh and Adele, animation so Adele Lim did write for Crazy Rich Asians and for this movie she's the second credited screenwriter correct story credit 
Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but not and, the one and you I were talking she, about that got removed from the sequel. No, I think she is the the writer for that that just got hooked off of the sequel to Crazy Rich Asians, hmm. which I'm going to give credit to the other her co-writer in Crazy Rich Asians uh, was uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's OK. Sir, I'm, I'm just not as good at memorizing writers for movies like i i know the directors i don't know the writers you're I know right it's like the part sequel is over pay disparity yeah it's a dell limb that left yeah yeah it's Correct. a dell limb and it was peter chiarelli and I, i'll give credit to peter chiarelli because he desperately attempted to get her onto it because i i'm sure peter was like i don't want to be writing i don't want to be the white guy writing the crazy rich asian sequel alone <laughs> you know i'm sure that was his thing he was like i don't want to be this guy <laughs> Yeah. So like give her money. Uh, the the studio's take on it is that uh, that Adele Delim had only written for television before this and then he written for movies before this and so there's like a there's like a screenwriters guild thing where you get paid by the equivalent of your previous work essentially mm-hmm. and you know technically she's written for a movie because she wrote she's writing she wrote for the original and not writing for the sequel. Right. So I don't actually understand how that fucking technically works yeah. but it is technically because it's the same franchise it doesn't count there's like this whole uh, story okay. behind it yeah, that's that going sounds, on right now that anyways. sounds lovely all of that <laughs> yeah I, i'm not an expert by any stretch and i've just followed it enough to just be like holy crap but yeah but she's attached to this movie as well and yeah i think she actually has some incredible writing chops um again i'm not a huge crazy rich asians fan um not I because of anything to do with her. movie. I don't like. I went crazy about. No, I, I have. Yeah. I've been to the region with Katie, and because Katie lived there growing up, and so I have some. I have I have issues going oh, yeah, to that region this. and just yeah yeah I've talked about this extensively like I the wealth disparity there is kind of insane and I'm sure it's like you know I'm in America and you know I don't notice it here because I'm it's like you don't notice it in the area where you live and it's easier to go somewhere else and notice wealth disparity but it was just it was just like a very it was just very much like you know we would go to a mall and there'd be like Porsches pulling up to this mall and then you look across the highway and it's like there's like you know barrel fires going in homeless communities and it's just like it's so much i'm getting the sense that this is going to be a long episode are you sarah Sarah, have have you seen crazy rich asians with did you i have not uh, seen crazy rich asians Uh, (laughs) i would like to i've heard good things it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. I, I, I like I, I, my own personal issue with like wealth disparity in Asia and kind of its representation is a different thing. I think it's very weird for white Americans to be like, I'm enjoying the drama of this like rich family in Asia. I think that's my take on mm-hmm. it. But maybe, maybe that's just me. But I I do think that the internalized uh, story that is in there and is definitely about like her background and being a less wealthy person coming into a rich family is quite good. So like I, I, all that is good. Uh, but anyways, let's talk about the thing that we want to talk about was Ryan, the last dragon. Yes, we've already done our crazy rich Asians episode. (laughs) We have. Yes, that is that is. You can go check that out. Uh, Yeah. So anyways, yeah, this is starring Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, Isaac Wang, Jimmy Chan. It's starring a lot of different people. Uh, A really good representation in the cast overall. Uh, I want to throw to Trevor first off. What did you think of Ryan? No, has dragon. I, um, I, I appreciate how beautiful it is, uh, between the animation, the, the kind of flex we are having here with Disney animation, uh, attempting kind of action cinema. There's a lot of good there. Um, uh, I like the score from James Newton Howard a lot, a lot of good, uh, character work in, uh, by the voice actors and actresses that I've heard about kind of themselves uh, contributing to the, the kind of direction of the film. I, uh, I'm i very underwhelmed by it as kind of uh, uh, writing wise. Um, I, I thought it was OK. Um, <laughs> my biggest hot take is that it makes me really appreciate appreciate Moana for a couple of different reasons, but uh, we'll get into that later. That's uh, how I feel up front about it, I guess. That's, that's interesting. Uh, Sarah, do you have a counterpoint feelings? What's what's going on in that brain of yours? Sorry, that's a weird way to put it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure as, normal as things usually, are happening in your brain. I don't know. 
I don't know, dude. It's my brain. You don't want to come sorry. in here. It is. It's a strange. I'm, I'm sorry, place. bro. I don't know why. Um. I, 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 that was the wor- that was the worst podcasting throw to that I've ever done on this cast. I'm just saying, please, please continue in spite of myself. <laughs> I uh, I generally really liked it. As often happens on this podcast, I think I'm going to come out more positive than Trevor does, but that's normal. Um, I I could have done without join the, the club. Join the I, club. I, yes. One of us. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry. Trevor. I could have I could have done without the the side characters. I think they they bordered on just a little bit too silly for me. But um I enjoyed the storyline. The animation is fucking beautiful. I love the animation in this movie. Um the score, as Trevor already mentioned, was great. And um I love that. Disney has produced a movie where the two human main characters, well, even, well, Sisu, yes, the dragon is also female, but the two human main characters, the protagonist and antagonist, are both women, and they could have both been men, and the story would have been exactly the same, which I think is really cool. It's not some princess love story bullshit of you have to marry some dude for reasons it's just we are warriors we want to protect our kingdoms and they also happen to both be women i love that i love it so much also the the character yeah, design I, I, of namari is mm, yes i'm yeah. here for it yeah they make fun of the haircut i'm like stop it's it's great the hair is no great. the haircut Don't is great <laughs> i am so here for that haircut i would not be mad if katie got that haircut mm-hmm. just saying <laughs> I, I guess like one of the things that I think is interesting is I think like one of the, one of the things that I, I think that it, it is from my perspective is like, I don't think this, I agree with Trevor on some level, but I don't think this is a very complicated movie. In fact, it's, 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 it's very straightforward and, and, and it seems almost weird to see a Disney movie kind of like this be this straightforward, but at the same time, because of the level of representation, because of the level of action, it, it feels like an excuse to do a very, very good victory lap, which is to some extent, like we talk about past movies. It's like Mulan is essentially a victory lap for Disney back in the day in terms of inclusion. And now it's like watching them reinterpret that. Now it's like, holy God, this is bad in like a half dozen different ways. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think it's I don't think there's anything incredibly narratively interesting happening in this movie, but it is very, very awesome to just have a very basic Disney tale, just very basically intrinsically. And also and and, and they have really great fight animation choreography in there. Like there's some really good stuff mm-hmm. happening on, on an animation level in there in combination with just telling a very basic tale and being very inclusive, I think makes this a very, very entertaining movie. It's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, we've had, you know, it's just, you know, this, maybe, maybe this is like on the, on the grounds, like maybe I would have been more critical of if I hadn't just seen Milan, but at the same time having post Milan and post watching Disney kind of fuck it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, this is a great movie, guys. This is a great movie. And I and I'm actually very curious to see how this movie does in the kind of the Asian market segment of this as well. Not just in America, but obviously overseas and see if it's that because Disney appears to be very much attempting to create kind of like co stuff this now. And and, and there's negatives to like that. Cause we can always talk about to, we can talk about like in star Wars, the final star Wars of the new trilogy where we had like the lesbian kiss, like get cut out. Cause it's like, you know, none of the main characters are gay because they can't cut that out of the content. And that's like where we kind of get upset with China and other places about Asian content. But at the same time, this is, this doesn't seem to be the bigger issue. It just seems to be like a really good co. I do notice the the kind of the separation of the fact that there's no LGBT characters. And again, it's doing the same thing. And, he, and it's one of those things where it's just like, I, d- I really don't like that concept that if Disney is going to do anything that is aimed at an Asian market, there won't be LGBT representation. That's just. Are you referring to the goes. fact that people are like, Headcanon shipping like Namari and Raya. Exactly. I'm one exactly. of those people. Yeah. I, I no. say it without shame. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I assumed as much, Sarah. Not to personally, assume. I don't think it's just headcanon. I mean, <laughs> I think that they're, like, am I wrong in like thinking there's some interpretation in there? Like, I, I kind of walked away with that. Does anyone else there? I mean, I think it, it could develop now that they are, you know, friends and allies and stuff. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too far into it because want to give, this, this story is not about romance. It's which not. is nice. And, 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 and that's mm-hmm. fine. In its own way. And I think that's, and, and I don't think, I don't think like, for instance, I have criticism all day for the last star Wars. I don't have criticism in the same, in the same vein for this one, because mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily as fair because they're not focused on the element of it, which is okay. I still, just sort of want Disney to have trans and LGBT characters and stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and their hesitancy to do that just based on China's market is just like the worst thing for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know why that's, that's like the thing that drives, that's the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, you know, it's just, we're just going to allow for them. And I'm just, I hate that. But at the same time, and maybe I'm thinking of that because it's specifically China. And this is again, culturally in the same vein that like we have this element, but at the same time, I think overarchingly, it's just a very, very, very straightforward, good action adventure. And again, if you're looking for representation based content, uh, I I mean, I would hold this up as for, especially for young children, as especially, you know, you know, young children and anybody looking for Asian representation. This is I, I, what do you what well, are you that's, put up better than this? OK, I you know, this isn't something that I think while watching the movie. So I want to be careful here as to not. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So I'm not uh, trying to I'm not trying to throw you a trap there, Trevor. I'm not I'm not trying to throw you under the bus part of the criticism for the representation angle and again this is not something that i feel as a white dude watching the film so i'm just i'm trying to no, like no. respectful distance here is that at least we have sarah today as opposed to like when we had three white guys on for fucking like the black panther movie which was just i i like i was like i we all got on and i was sitting there like fuck ben me, had to give a disclaimer cancel? up front because he was, was just like we just, panther, we just gotta we just gotta no, 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 not for Black Panther. For a movie Sorry, about Judas, the actual Black Panthers. The, about um, the actual Black Judas Panthers, the Judas and the Messiah. Oh, the Black right, Messiah. yes, yes, yes. Is, I was not know, there for that. You are correct. Yes. Decidedly more pointed yeah. than uh, Marvel's Black It was decidedly Black worse having three white guys <laughs> review that movie. Um, <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was painful. But, yeah. Uh, as I, much as I said it like 12 times, Sarah, I, yeah. we did our best. I, I don't know what to tell you. I know. <laughs> I, we all gave it a really good score. You should go see it. It was a good movie. <laughs> I gave it a kind of a meh, I think. I can't remember what its actual score. You give everything it. kind yeah. of a meh, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sarah giving you shit is amazing to me. I'm so sorry, Trevor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I say it with um, love, but hey, I'm not wrong. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just come on for like. Oh, actually, the, you know what? I think. I think you did give Soul a higher score than I did. You might you might just be on for like the wrong ones with me, where we do like the big mainstream thing that 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 whatever like catches everybody's attention. Trevor, I inevitably Trevor's just am thinking like, of all like the harem anime that I've made him watch, where he's like, obviously this is terrible. Fuck you, Jack, for making me watch this. <laughs> Which is earned. That's earned. Well, I, earned that. I was very interested in this. This was not something that anybody put me up to, even though I mean, exactly. it's it's mainstream Disney. I'm always going to be interested in kind of where the trajectory of that company is going. And and you know nostalgia for my childhood and the Renaissance and all that. Um, so the yeah I I don't the the only way in which I related to kind of the representation criticism watching it is the idea of this you know pan Asianness is very nebulous in terms of like appropriating all these different cultures at once. You know, there are people reacting to the fact that this purports to be about Southeastern Asia. But they cast mostly East Asian act- actors, with the exception of uh, Kelly Marie Tran, I think, and a couple of other people involved. I don't want to, like, hold that up as, like, my personal criticism of the movie because those aren't thoughts I had while watching it. I do, however, think that, like, and, and part of the way that it makes me appreciate Moana, because I didn't particularly like Moana, and I've, like, over the years read more about people having similar criticisms of that movie. I, at least, as a white dude watching Moana, knowing nothing about Polynesian culture, get the wayfinding thing, right? That's something I take away from that cultural, like, appropriation-like representation where I'm like, okay, I learned something. I kind of get this, why the story is about this. I don't think... I had this I, is I this is very much fantasy. This is very much fantasy. Okay, sure. This is this is very much fantasy with an Asian thematic element yeah. underlying it, and, it's and I like agree with that. How how the Lord of the Rings is fantasy with a uh, you know European right element to it. 
yeah, Viking horse, like Viking, like yeah, Charlemagne the Tolkien horse culture. specifically. Okay, and I, 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 I don't know how far I want to carry this argument, but like, right, right, right. You know, that's kind of a defense of it on a genre basis, right? Is it's well, it's a fantasy piece, and there's Asian flavor. But, um, you know, Tolkien okay, well, specifically, uh, like, why can't, okay. <laughs> Tolkien yeah, I mean, specifically counter- was creating like a myth for like, like England as a, as a, as a country, a foundational myth that it didn't have other than like biblically. What, right? what you so don't like, like you, what you don't like the communism undertone element here where like we get to get all the tribes together because we have, we, we just will die unless we I, act as a whole. Are you serious about communism? Or are you trying to pressure my buttons? I, I literally super, don't know. <laughs> but I, at the same time, I do think Disney was like kind of careful about the tone. I, I do think that's there. I, I think that hmm. it, I think that it can fit into that narrative is what I think. Hmm. I didn't think because there's the core element where they have their they have the element of the thing. It's for the good of the whole. And then they by dividing themselves up along national borders, cause them to steal elements of the orb and cause their downfall as opposed to unifying and one for the good of the collective. Hmm, That's interesting. It's there. It's there. I'm not saying that they intentionally build a communism narrative into it. I'm just saying it's very easily picked up by a communist culture, which is a difference. You know what I mean? No, that's I, interesting because int- what I thought of was like in terms of like I didn't I didn't read that at all in terms of like the southeastern culture kind I mean, that's of. That's like exactly their intention is that it can be read that way, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it you don't read that way. Yeah, the so way but they the, don't. The way I read it was like the ben, literally the Benjamin Franklin snake cartoon because literally Kumandra is like a dragon and then you cut the dragon into segments and it dies it's like literally this in my mind is the like uh unite or die ben franklin thing again (laughs) is is all unite or die which is essentially the same core concept of communism is that we need to be part of a collective whole yeah yeah sure sure it doesn't it doesn't move away it's like look dude they're not going for they're not they're they're not going full in here for like an an element of it but like i i am just like collectively like also just like saying it's like i'm i'm sorry as i was viewing this film i just couldn't think of myself as like man i just felt it like the censor that was trying to be like that was I, i just feel like there is a view of this film just like to a lesser extent than Mulan, and, I, and I'm I'm actually complimenting this movie that it is to a lesser extent, that I do feel like there is a view here of this movie where it's like we were concerned about the Chinese censor coming in and not letting this movie be aired. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are elements of that, whereas this was movies kind of built to get past that in, in terms of some elements of it. Hmm. And and yeah, I I don't think it, I'm I'm sorry. I I don't think it's a fair criticism to be like I'm comparing this to what Tolkien did for horse culture and like you know and like. Well, that's not my criticism. Know, that's like my European. response to your defense of this as a fantasy genre piece in terms of not having that kind What's of. What's wrong with it as a fantasy genre piece if it doesn't rise to the level of Tolkien? Well, that's not what I'm saying. But like I, I I'm saying there can be something specifically Southeastern Asian about it, and I didn't really. I think my bigger problem with the story is I don't feel any sense of specificity to it whatsoever. Not just in terms of cultural influences, but in terms of, I don't know, emotionally. <laughs> it, it, I'm it's, not, it's not going to criticize you on that ground because I am infinitely not. Col- I'm just I, and, and again, I'm not trying to shit on you here. I, I just want to be this clear. I am not comfortable enough to declare what is or is not a southeastern element comparison do you know what i mean like sure. i'm just not comfortable sure. saying that like yeah. and then and it's like that, that's criticism that i'm like i'm not even gonna like engage with you on i'm like i i don't fucking i don't fucking know and that's me being right and i'm not a shitty a, white guy uh, well no i'm not an expert just because i read like some shit on twitter either i just no no no. i agree i agree yeah. I, i've seen the same criticism that you're bringing up here i'm not i'm not I, denying I that it's not out there i i agree with what you're saying i just I as an American viewer, I can only kind of take in what some of the community is saying. And for the large part, I have to admit, as somebody who is kind of been the defender of base genre on this podcast, and, and that's just my I feel like I've earned that. I've, I, I like I typically like just basic action adventure crap and i'm happy to just have more of it than less of it which is just a defense of where i've kind of been from and I, and i and i hate to say it yeah it doesn't have any cultural elements but in terms of just a general asian-based fantasy adventure 
I think it's very passable and very strong in that element. And I don't think it needs to be more to be necessarily a successful or recommendable movie. Like my recommendation is there. Like, you know, if you're in the middle of COVID right now and you're looking for Asian representation, holy God, where the fuck else are you going to look? I don't know. That's that's not. I agree. I agree. That's not the the argument that you're making, and it's not a counter to that argument, Trevor. I'm just hesitant to argue against whether or not this is a good representation of Southeastern Asian culture. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I I totally understand that. Um, Yeah. The other. it does make me appreciate Moana more is what I was getting. I think I was hard on Moana at the time I, and for the another fact reason. That they did, and clearly they did more research into Moana. Well, no, they have the they same exact there. process as Moana where they have an anthropological story trust. They still have the same exact process. I just think the end product is uh, different. I would but. argue that that is much more apparent in Moana than it is here. And mm-hmm. maybe I don't understand the cultural elements here enough to understand that, but... I definitely think that Moana just has a very better core element here of the thing I didn't like I guess about the way, Moana. The that I, well, the other thing I didn't like about Moana at the time that I'm appreciating more now is like this overall modern Disney kind of uh, irony, like post DreamWorks in animated movies. And I find Raya to just be like so much more in the ironic direction of like, we got to say we got to have all this modern talk like, oh, I'm a dragon nerd. And, you know, like Aquafina. I love Aquafina. I, I watched like a whole episode of Nora from Queens. I don't find her really funny here. I think the humor is really forced. Ninja Baby takes over the movie at some point. And it's just like every like like there's got to be a, a comedic beat like every other second. Like they're afraid of people getting bored or something. I mean, there's still like good, like dramatic stuff in here, but. I feel like it, they're afraid to play it straight a lot of the time. And there has to, I, it, it's just, it's so much more in that direction that it, it makes me think Disney just, it, it, it's the familiar thing of like looking at this on a surface level, looking like a big epic adventure. And then, yeah, like in terms of it being high, you know, like fantasy, it doesn't have to be high fantasy like Tolkien, but like in terms of taking fantasy seriously, maybe even as a genre, as opposed to being self-aware about it the whole time, I find that a little frustrating. You know, I, I, I think overall, it just seems like it's aimed so much farther down at kids as opposed to like something that it works at uh, and all again levels, I, i'm know? not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing with that entirely i think that there is a clear dif- distinction between which these movies are aimed at and it's it's difficult for us to kind of take a step back and be like and, and that's the difference between like a pixar movie and like a disney movie right now you know frozen is aimed at kids to a different degree than soul is do you know what i mean and that's just like the distinction between there it's less like but at the same time, I don't think that they're being dishonest in releasing a movie that is very specifically aimed at kids and very specifically aimed at representation in Asian children in the United States. Like, I have a hard time criticizing that thought process. Do you know what I mean? I just still get a sense that it's more like assimilative than like expressive, but that's just, okay okay that's that's a fair that's criticism. just my view of disney and like it's, i'm always gonna have that yeah, skepticism well, disney is inherently my mind. Mind. and it's it's, yeah. it's it's creating content for people to make money so it's not like it's not assimilating the culture even if it had individuals involved like there's no there's no criticism there disney is trying to make money here and it's trying to represent people but also attempting to make money off the same. I mean, I totally people. acknowledge that like people are just happy to see themselves. And there are a lot of girls in the U S that are going to like really value this movie for that reason. I just, that's not like, that wasn't part of my experience <laughs> watching it. And I still value that experience, but I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in terms of me, just as an adult watching this, this film, I didn't really get that much out of it. I got you. I got you. No, I, I, I can, I can understand the thought process. I just can't, I can't, I can't sneak away from the element of his like, you know, like is, is there, I guess like, is there a glut of action, such a glut of action movies that you wouldn't recommend it? That'd be my takeaway. I'm still probably like soft recommendation because it's pretty competent, but yeah. Sarah, it's, I feel like very this this like this 
I, I've, I've, please share more of what you liked about the movie because I, I feel yeah, like this like, uh, he, he's, tied, he's tied me in a loop over here and I have nothing I have nothing to come back at him at this point like I'm just please continue I mean I, I, I do have to agree with your criticism of the, the side characters Trevor I think I mentioned at the beginning that I really could have done without them like I understand the purpose of having to have somebody from each of the five kingdoms to put part of the stone back together right. or what have you. And so just them as characters was necessary. That said, um, I don't know. The, the, the con baby was a little much. I found Boone kind of annoying at first, but then, then I warmed up to him more. Um, I did kind of like Tong just, just, endearing character and it turns out he has a family and that's why he's good at taking care of the baby and it's just sweet or whatever um but yeah as a whole i really could have done without them because raya and namari are just more interesting characters mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot there's too big a cast i will agree with that yeah yeah and like the monkeys or whatever didn't need all them yeah, you didn't There's need just so much going monkeys on and definition on that. It's, it's just yeah, I, I, I do think it's like it, it is like when we kind of compare to the original Milan. It's like how many cast, how many like recognizable cast members do you actually have in the context of Mulan? You have Mulan, uh, her love interest, her family. It's actually quite a bit of there. Actually, now I think about it. There's the three dudes, but they're really just one person. <laughs> And then you have Shen Yu and the Emperor. Well, they also got musical like, numbers where they each have a bar to like say what I am about. And, you know, that's uh, that's. Yeah, you got to know the guy who skipped helps. gym and that's his thing. Mm -hmm. He's like, why did I skip gym? That's mm -hmm. the whole point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But my yeah. point is, and, and that's also not fair because like, I'm sorry, like musicals <laughs> just have it easier, in my opinion, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, especially in just like delivering this characterization but that doesn't mean that you couldn't have done that you know what i mean uh, and also i do think like um but back again with the side characters and understanding the necessary to have five of them there i feel like i i do understand why they didn't necessarily get the characterization characterization they deserved because they still had to fit all of this into like a less than a two-hour framework and if they had tried to expand that too far by giving them all, you know, more interesting backstories, then their target audience of children would have lost interest. Exactly. Which is not a defense I think we should actually make of Disney. Because then that's where Trevor's coming in, I think, here. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, Disney can do better. Like, that's that's not a wrong thought process. Disney could do better. At the same time, like, I just think that, like, if DreamWorks made this, and, that, and that's not a defense, but it is a fact. If DreamWorks made with this, I'd been like, fuck yeah, DreamWorks, way to be impressive. Like, you know, <laughs> that's like a fact. If a different maker had made this, I'd probably be sitting here like, shit, DreamWorks, get to that audience, do a good job, Jesus. Like, I'm less impressed by that, but that's not a defense. It's just a recognition of, like, the level to which Disney has typically operated at it. And it isn't, and, and, like, that's the thing. Disney ate Pixar for a reason. Like they they took all that talent into themselves so that they can make something like Frozen. And now it's like I, I understand like the expectation is where Pixar's expectations are. And that's the problem here in my and and kind of not the problem, but like maybe the issue of like what level you're expecting out of this. Do you know what I mean? And that's things like they have done really good things and really interesting things. And I'm sorry, I, I still like Moana. Uh I probably agree with you entirely that is probably a better film uh again but at the same time from a recommendation standpoint it's about both those films are a little bit about inclusion and at the same time it's just like i, I mean both are very passable in terms of like representation and everything else and they have good internalized stories and this one's a little bit more of an action film and that's some sort of thought process which i exactly I, I, and i give it more credit because of the the action that is there sorry sarah please yeah that's on. okay and uh we, we do keep keep bringing up moana and i understand why but at the same time i feel weird comparing them because they are very different films like this is an action movie and Moana is a musical. It's like comparing the Avengers to Chicago. It's not something you're going to do. 
I, I would agree with that entirely. And I, I'm actually curious to hear your because you don't particularly enjoy genre based criticisms, Trevor. Or is that what we're doing in terms of like, no, I'm not trying to shit on you here. Honestly, I'm asking you like a general question. I know I'm trying to, I'm trying, no, no, no. I'm trying to like, please don't be mad at me. I love you. I I didn't quite understand your question, Jack. Okay. So my, my, my thought process is here is I, I, I'm not trying to, again, like, are you, are you uh, doing the the musical thing? Like saying Moana isn't a good point of criticism or going back to the fantasy thing. I, I I didn't know where to pick it up. No, no, no. Cause Moana is not a good point of criticism because they're two different genres. And so like they need to be compared in the context of their own genres, which I know is not something that you particularly love. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this film and like the continuum of Disney's accompanying and how it, how it produces its animation. I think, you know, Culturally, they're both it's a very relevant comparison in terms of how they approach telling stories that aren't about white people. And it's also relevant in terms of this continuum of like how much Disney feels comfortable just selling a pure like purely sincere story without feeling the need to inject irony and kind of condescension into its thematic kind of narrative threads to make sure that people get it or don't feel bored. Um, you know, I really think the narrative uh, of like trust just rang very hollow for me in this in this film. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's the biggest thing is like, you know, all this you know peripheral stuff about the world building not being great or like and that kind, or the flavoring kind of thing is is one thing. But for the emotional core of the story, just not to work for me, that's it's also not great. <laughs> so. It's one of those things, too, where it's like you to- she gets betrayed hard in the beginning. And I'm like, I'm like, her betrayal is like totally sensible that she does not trust. Like, can we just admit that? Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, no, like you wouldn't trust. Why would you trust your whole yeah. societal thing got fucked up because you trusted one person and it got fucked yeah you're gonna have a hard time with trust so i'm not disagreeing with you trevor i i understand where they're going from at the same time i think their setup is necessarily at some point superior to their thought process on the subject do you know what i mean um they're like their ambition in terms of like the theme they tackle their ambition and the theme that they want to follow through is better than like what they actually end up delivering yeah like they don't solve the problem but they they effectively outline the problem This is okay. I apologize in advance because this is like a darker take than I think a lot of people want to hear. But I legitimately felt this watching the movie that the communism angle is like really interesting, Jack, actually, in terms of like getting past the Mm -hmm. huge Chinese censorship and, and appealing to that market still being a major market for them. But the whole unity thing, I think... Uh, I thought of, you know, in my own political relevance sphere and, you know, it's it, it's about tribalism, literally, and like trusting, you know, and, and just like open armed, extending an arm to people that have hurt you in the past. And having lived through an attempted coup, as we all have, I just think that it's a very hard message to sell right now. And if you don't do it subtly and actually convince me of that i'm gonna be like fuck no there are people that you just don't trust anymore and that's sad but that's how you know and i realize how cynical that makes me sound in the context of this movie i'm like the bad guy but like i want you know i believe in stories like this that are about like enduring trust and overcoming tribalism and division but in the context of my own lived experience recently uh, it's not that easy and it's, it's a very, bye Katie. Yeah. Sorry. So that didn't help either for me in terms of swallowing the kind of story, much less the sanctimonious way in which it is delivered where we have to say, trust every other beat to make sure the audience gets what the movie's about. So, sorry. I, I really, this movie did really not play yeah. well on my emotional Streams. No, and it's it, I and it's one. I think it's one of the things where it's like I'm just more thinking from an international market, and I felt like mm-hmm. this movie was very intended for an international market, and that was my immediate takeaway from the whole thing was just like, oh, this is very representative for a, a communist-based culture that's currently just like shitting on Hong Kong. We're all mm-hmm. there together, and Hong Kong should just get in line. That was my. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do that in the same. Vein, also, not that great. Was where, but that's where my brain went, yeah. and, and it's funny to watch your brain come to a more centralized. American issue uh, which I, I just 
honestly, Trevor, and this is no criticism. None of that fucking occurred to me. <laughs> like, uh, that's totally to me? fine. Like, I don't expect. Both of us, we both of yeah. us went into it with like different, uh, like I guess, views on it, and just took away like entirely different points to the movie. Which again, that is in and of itself not a strength of the movie. Like I, I do find that movies when you go into and you find like some sort of core universal, like you know what, I, you know what's actually a good example is like I, I always amazingly find that whenever I go and look at a Jackson Pollock with like different people like and we talk about what the Jackson Pollock means I find it amazing that you can have three people come away from the same Jackson Pollock painting and kind of tell it, it just like outside of talking to each other you can actually like what did it mean and they'll actually say things and like keywords that actually like lines up and I actually think that's a strength of a piece that like it, it just gets everybody's mind in the same headspace and I agree with you that I don't think that this has a very strong there is not a strong narrative through the core of this movie which means that you can kind of pull in different directions and I think that's the point because I think ultimately this point of this movie is definitely spectacle and fantasy and adventure well, Sarah do you agree with that or meeting. did you find the like central conflict between like as you're kind of saying these two women especially characters overcoming like trust boundaries did you still feel find that appealing i found it compelling enough and to to bring it back to um you know the american political lens if you if you will i realized that maybe for people in our generation it's too late for us we're all just so uh we're very, jaded at this point but <laughs> but uh you know Maybe it's good to have movies that try to teach children about overcoming their differences yeah. and trusting each other. Because even if we have difficulty doing it now, if our kids can't do that, then the world's not going to get any better. I, I know that's it, it, that's a very um, <laughs> I don't know if naive is the right word, but it's a very simple way of, of saying it. But I, it's it's true. I feel I I have to admit I I kind of understand that notion too because it's like have have either of you been to like a high school graduation recently? Mm-mm. Well, no, because last year the graduations yeah, were graduation? fucking virtual. <laughs> cool. All right. So more than a year ago, I went to my godbrother's high school graduation. At he went to the same school I went to, and I went to it, and it was just weird because. They had they they all gave speeches and I was just so taken aback by like how different they were generationally to me and like their fears and anxieties that they had were so different from mine. Do you know what I mean? And it was just one of those things where it's like depending on where you grew up and what context you grew up and just like your feelings about society and like how strong or tied together it was. Or your sensation of like, you know, how divided the political spectrum was and how like you think there was like room for compromise or lack there of room for compromise. Uh, it was just very telling to me that like I am so out of the mainstream now, which is like a weird thing to like admit to as I'm like fucking still doing podcasting and still putting my views like my view out there. It's weird to like because like when I was a when we were like 20 year olds, I fucking hated like Gen Xers because Gen Xers were just right in front of us and they just had this, they just had all these chips on their shoulders due to the greatest generation. And they just had so much shit to say about the, like the complex. And I'm just like, just chill the fuck out, bro. And I, I just remember being part of that general. And, and, and again, I'm actually, I wasn't me specifically, but I'm just talking about more of like, as you know, millennials came onto the scene, just our attitude towards Gen Xers was like, fuck you, bro. Like, and that was just sort of like a thing that kind of happened culturally. And just like, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I see these level of kids coming up and I'm like, I don't, I don't really think I know what they need. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just like one of my thought processes. I'm watching this movie and maybe that maybe that's just me put back here. It's just like he's like, maybe, maybe it's just nice to just go out and watch like an action adventure movie and just chill with it. And it's just like it's just it's, it is like a weak. I think it does have a weak narrative thematic core, but that doesn't necessarily preclude it from being a worthwhile movie for certain people. Just be, just means that like whoever the fuck goes into this can take whatever the fuck out of it they want to. And that's like maybe. 
I, I don't necessarily like that element because I want Disney to make statements. I want the company itself to make continue to make statements. But that's actually probably Disney's goal is that they actually probably don't want to make they want to make as few political statements <laughs> as is possible and be available to as many cultures and people as is possible, which is. Again, sounds like a criticism, but maybe for the context of what Disney intends, it's actually like the golden apple of perfection. And that's what the, is in the core of the series. I mean, at so least they still fire like Gina Carano. It, it, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Fuck the bitch. I, I said bitch. I'm sorry. I'm drunk, guys. I apologize. You're doing remarkable. You're remarkably eloquent. Uh, if, Thank if you. You're I truly, appreciate that. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's weird for you to like compliment me isn't it a little bit yeah <laughs> not it's when you've earned it i liked it i liked it i liked it i did don't take don't please don't take it back i liked it <laughs> okay i have one criticism left and then we can all like it's great and and random and score it and recommend it um was that is that what you think we're going to do i i oh, jesus um, <laughs> well he knows that's what i'm gonna i know do. that's what y'all I'm are going to do that's um, fine i'm very I'm very curious what the scores actually are because I think there may be a distinction between like our vitriol versus our actual score. I'm increasingly we'll like feeling my vitriol again and and realizing that I need to reflect it maybe. But I, um, I, I love you. If I actually make a good argument, I've like observed that that never actually decreases your vitriol versus a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. Please disregard me. Uh, you you influenced my score. I wouldn't put that past you. Um, <laughs> your art, yeah, I, I've enjoyed these arguments. I wouldn't say that I'm convinced by them necessarily, but uh, it's Fair. not gonna it's not gonna change my mind on how much I enjoyed it. Obviously, or maybe, or probably to revisit it. But um, also, what did y'all think of the world building? Because I think also at a really basic script level, we have this really awkward thing in the beginning where we have like an exposition flashback and then a prologue, and then we get back to modern day. And I Everything really- Everything changed much. when the Fire Nation attacked. Exactly. Sorry. Too much. No, I, I'm impressed much. with us that we've got this far without like quoting the last airbender at some point, Sarah, Leave because that's like, that is the really easy comparison that a lot of people were making. Oh, that no, it is that, the really destructive comparison. It's not that germane. Movie. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like, also like, Asian it's, A, it's not germane. B, it is just, if you're going to compare the last airbender, it's just structurally and narratively infinitely more sound than this. Yeah, piece. nothing well, ever was going to win against the last airbender. It's not. Right. But it did actually remind me of some of like the less successful Airbender things with like the Shyamalan movie in terms of it being a road show. Oh my and them god! Okay, way the too much we do not movie. speak of that oh film my. on this podcast. How dare you? Um, Ever? But it did. It did remind me of it. I'm sorry. You're right. I I spoke the unspeakable. No, no, it's not. I I don't disagree um, with it. I agree you with spoke it. Spoke his that name. Shi the Shyamalan Airbender movie is lacking the core emotional elements that makes up airbender and just goes through the motions of the movie. So I, I, I'm a little bit curious. Cause like, I don't feel like this. I feel like this movie at times does not have an emotional element. Like it has a mission more than it has a thematic impetus, which I, I agree with you. I understand where you're coming through with that comparison. Although I don't think you want to bear it's out not, the entirety of that comparison. No, no you know it's I mean? not my like, favorite. You don't want to go into like, you don't want to like, you don't want to wall yourself in with that thing. Man. Well, but the <laughs> like, other thing it also reminded me of, and I could be wrong about this because I don't know all the cultural references. And I, I'm not educated or, or anything in that necessarily. But my general understanding is that a lot of, or, from is that a lot of East Asian religion is a lot less dualistic than Christianity, Judeo-Christian myths are in terms of good and evil. And I've seen this and I saw this in Korra at some point where they straight up defeat the evil and it's gone. Or at least that's how I remember it. I could be wrong. Not here to take down Korra, Sarah. I apologize. I know that's that's very near and dear to your heart. But also, I feel like the concept of the druid in this movie just begs so much explanation and the and aquafina says something about yeah they're like the manifestation of human discord or something like that at some point i'm like okay yeah i guess that all ties together with them breaking the sphere and unleashing them again but also you know if dragons are always a thing then druid are always a thing and they could be like these two you know more equal balanced kind of things in the universe of this mythology where like it just it's just a big evil purple mush which is like 
also reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy. And now I that climax and big purple mush and how much it better I like that. Exactly <laughs> the same. I watched the the video of the climax of Guardians today. I was like, this is this is the same. This is the same, same climax. purple yeah. smoke animation. You know, five people in a circle having to overcome their differences to defeat it or whatever. But and Guardians you know what? makes can, me cry I, like I every did. time I watch it because it's the ragtag group of misfits learning Guardians to care about the world. Both of them. Guardians actually. one or two. Both. Oh, but you cry on one. Sorry. Two as as like, you know, I like I love my dad and it's like one of those yeah, things. No, where two, like, yeah, no, two. Yeah. Have you ever cry. like sat in a movie and like cried with your dad? It's like a it's like an experience where you're like Oh, is that what happened? Oh. Yeah. Well, or or you're like, you know, your your father figure. Like it's mm-hmm. like you you like sit in the movie and you like, you know, you just like you both go through the moments and just like you like cry at the end of it. It's it's that's a revolutionary moment for me personally. Like you're like, oh God. So I don't know. Guardians 2 destroyed me. The Guardians 2 can destroy me every time. I find Guardians 1 I can just watch. Guardians 2 I cannot watch without becoming a blubbering mess by the end of. I think that's the that's the skill. Yeah, it's the Lindsay Ellis videos like it's the ugly well, cry. Even beyond yeah. that, dude, Guardians 2 makes me cry every time. Guardians 2 makes me cry before in Lindsay Ellis like mm-hmm. codified what was it about it that actually killed us. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like shooting Yondu off into space and like the shitty recovery and like just, you know, that's what we all want. We all want people to be safe. Saved, which was what I intended for our PNP PPP campaign. And then I realized that I just made three villains that are totally unrecoverable. <laughs> so, you know, we're there with that. I will say that the ending of Raya did make me cry where the ending of soul did not. And I wasn't really expecting it, but Ooh. what, what makes me cry? Okay. Jack girl gets reunited with her father who had been dead for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes. I got it. Yeah. And I, now he's I, alive. I, I, yeah. Not a criticism of your feelings, Sarah, <laughs> just a, just a representation of mine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Soul, soul hit me very hard. I was the positive guy on soul. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll own that. Like I soul was the one where I was like at the end of it, I was like, and, cause and that's more like has to do with my own career bullshit, which is like something that I get versus like, I, you know, I'm don't here. Ra- I, Raya's not for me and I'm that's fair. happy about that. And, and that's a criticism where I'm like, you know, you know, I'll give my thought process here. You know, Raya is very much about it's it's core audience. And that's a good thing in and of itself, in my opinion. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like I watch soul and I'm like, oh, like a soul destroys me. And that's, you know, I was the only one apparently that was because I'm not a monster. unlike everybody else on our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. As soon as they said uh, <laughs> dragon nerd, I was like, this movie isn't for me. I'm a I like dragons. I'm a dragon nerd. This this movie isn't for me. This, oh, this my- uh, are you? <laughs> Sidebar, Trevor, do you know where I can find a, a way to watch that movie Flight of Dragons? Same uh, well, studio that did Watership Down. Uh, I apologize, Sarah. Apparently, oh. I, I claim to be a dragon nerd, but uh, I have never heard of that movie. So I will it's take that wonderful. Because I obviously have like not heard it. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trevor, we talked about it, actually. Wait, what? Um, Flight um, of the Dragons? What? Yeah, Flight of Dragons. It's it's. We talked about it's, it? But yeah, it's... It's by that Who same studio that made like the animated Hobbit movie back in like the seventies oh, yeah. or the eighties. Exactly, wow. it's, it's Jules Bass and Arthur Rank. Did we talk yeah. about this high or something? Because like I don't know, this imagery is very like woof. It's way back there in my subconscious. I'll have or something. you know, I've never been intoxicated or in any altered state, Trevor. <laughs> Just while we're live. No, on no, no. I meant me. Obviously, I meant me, Jack. Come on, like I, you know. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. No animated feature. Films: Willie McBean and His Magic Machine, Mad Monster Party, The Hobbit, The Return of the King, The Last Unicorn. Oh my God, The Last Unicorn, The Flight of the Dragon. I thought of Last Unicorn in terms of just the wind and the willows and the King and I. Uh, So man, they had a weird Watership Down, right? Uh, so no, no, no. That was just that was Arthur Rankin who was involved oh, okay. in that. Jules Bass is more responsible for Watership Down, if I'm not mistaken. No, mm. he's not. Mm. Dude, Watership, who has directed Watership Down? Were they even involved? 
Uh, Watership Down. I just remember, like, on my Watership Down VHS tape, the commercials at the beginning advertised things like The Hobbit and The Return of the King. So I assume yeah, it was I know, the same it was studio. Yeah, definitely the same studio, probably different directors. But the problem with these studios like that is that everybody's involved in everything. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure Jules Bath and Arthur Rankin were kind of relatively involved with it. It's it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to tell. They 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 weren't directors for it, which is not saying shit. You know what I mean? down yeah movie jesus it's actually hard to find the watership down movie jesus <laughs> uh director was martin rosen oh and john hubley uncredited that's right i forgot about all this this is like a whole thing score composed by a woman by the way yeah which i think is neat you don't see a lot of female film composers right. I'm, I'm actually media god damn i am struggling to think of any sarah jesus exactly mm-hmm. I, I struggle to think of any. Actually, I don't even remember that that person's name, and I am struggling. To I'm think not gonna of lie. Any I got my list of like four female movies. directors you probably heard of, but outside of that, well, yeah, you know I mean? but but composers though, where yeah, are we exactly. at? Even more so, right? Yeah. Although I and I'm hesitant to include Patty Jenkins since Wonder Woman 1984. I am not gonna lie. I, I love her very. I like. Well, you don't get to Wonder just Woman like de-identify her because the movie was bad. That's not how that works. I'm not de-identifying. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm what, not de-identifying her. Or, I'm what, just not what? like leading. I'm not putting her up there as the leading like like I don't know scion of cinema. What was, I'm sorry, I misheard what the list was. Was it like good directors or? Was I didn't it? give the list. It's just my list of like my four female filmmakers that I come to mind when I think ah, of female I filmmakers. See. I see what you mean in terms of what comes and, to mind. And yes, I do try. I do try to grab like the more artsy fartsy ones if you will <laughs> i'm sure that ben would hate that statement and would yell at me about saying that but that's another day's discussion art house <laughs> i mean it's that it, they are out as directors like the, 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 fuck it. people Julie do like, like, the other one that comes to mind yeah. <laughs> all right let's put some scores on this thing yeah, so we can kind of get a it. sense of perspective I, I i kind of want trevor to go, go in a vacuum. are you okay with that trevor yep yep, yep that's fair thank you that's fair uh, hey, fuck. Uh, I forgot to decide beforehand. Um, I'll give it a generous six in terms of recognizing that there's value for it that's not just not for me. I do really think the message is so muddled that I struggle to even identify it as a good kids movie, though, because there's just better kids movies. I understand that it's a score for representation, at least, you know unambiguously to some extent and there's there's value in that um i i just in terms of my experience in the movie i i really did not like it that much but there's so many good moments of like just beautiful animation and score and occasionally character and writing occasionally that all comes together and makes it if not very great or good just entertaining enough to not miss in the disney canon because it is something sorry that's the best you're gonna get from me please take it away <laughs> all right uh sarah yeah i am gonna give raya and the last dragon a seven and i know that we said we were putting trevor in a vacuum but frankly i don't disagree with a single thing that he has said except i think i think i just enjoyed the movie a little bit more than he did but um and trevor covered all these points already but um, I really loved the animation. I really enjoyed the music. And um, while I found the side characters tedious, I didn't outright hate them as much as some anthropomorphized snowmen. Um, nah. Well, the anthropomorphized snowman has gotten quite a lot of uh, airtime recently, too. Yes. In your face. A Fair. Lot. Um, but my favorite thing about this movie is that... Um, Just the fact that there's, you know, a female protagonist and a female antagonist that can interact with each other and weren't treated as like they're just girls or, you know, you're a princess and you have to marry somebody who's going to protect you or something. They were, regardless of their gender, they were warriors who were protecting their kingdoms and trying to save the world. And like I said at the beginning, it, the same story could have been told with men, just switch some pronouns around, and it would have worked 
just as well. And I think there need to be more movies like that who that don't, um, you know, downplay girls because they're girls. If yeah. that makes sense. Um, I, I, I'm in the same boat as Sarah. I'm in a seven. I, I think that I'm not ready to hold this up as like a really great movie particularly i think that i do basically recommend it as well as suggests that that it has some really good action sequences it's an excellent distraction during covid i know that i keep saying that acting like covid movies are like i i, I, I i'm sorry like i'm still mad about wandavision last week <laughs> like a little bit and not mad about i guess like i'm just sort of i, I guess i was taken back and actually one of the, the one of the rare things that happened last week at wandavision katie actually listened to the episode and yelled at me that we were so wrong about wandavision and it was like a nine for katie so katie loved wandavision and it was like a whole thing where i was like well i don't think the ending's very good all right and then we sat down and watched the ending again and she was like yelling at me while we watched the ending and i was like okay this is not fun this is not a great way to watch anything uh but anyways i i, I still now think I know that, where like, that came from yeah that was where i like declared on chat i raised it to an eight just to like make katie happy there's yeah, something was going happened. on there wasn't sure if you were still thinking of me or what uh, now, yeah, now no I no it wasn't i i'm not particularly targeting you it's just one of those times where like my fiance was just like very upset about my opinion about a piece of and was, i'm not gonna lie we had a great time watching wandavision because like it was week to week and we got like very 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 into it because it was an opportunity to do that and i think that i stand by recommending it i mean i gave it a seven initially now i give it an eight and if anyone says i still get a seven fuck you because uh, <laughs> you could just talk to my wife if you want to say that i give it a seven probably uh, raise anyway. my moana score up to a seven while we're here not that i've rewatched it especially recently but i, I think it's i would probably raise mine as well i would raise whatever. my moana up to an eight i think that's one of those things where I, I don't think we gave moana really a fair shake i think we were ready to be critical of it i don't know it was mm, perspective I, th- I think i think it's one of those things where it's like we're looking back from the modern failures of what it is and it's like putting it into perspective what a good modern movie is and it's one of those things where it's like you look at the classics and i was like do you think moana is going to be a classic and i think honestly no probably not i don't think moana is going to be a classic in the same vein i still think it's a very watchable movie and you should check it out i think that's the difference about modern scoring and putting into contents classics classicism versus like looking at as a whole what we what we like want to look in the continuum of like what's going on right the second by a classic which is to say you mean that, like our expectations of disney animation specifically coming from like the well and i think a lot of the time the core element of like pop culture is demanding us to be better at what we take a look at in terms of disney classics which is that you have to look at a disney classic and take it with a grain of salt like looking at beauty and the beast Holy God, like, like, you know, what's the one number one takeaway from Beauty of the Beast? Yeah, she's like in terms of Stockholm Syndrome. That's the whole takeaway from that. And it's nah. like, and it's just like evolving element of like, what is classics? You still consider it a classic. And it's just like, maybe we need to reexamine. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we look, we need to reexamine what our classics in this context is. Or like the consumerism of Toy Story and all these other things. And it's like tearing down the classics versus the pillars. And I think that there's this ongoing reconstruction, like restructuring of like what cinema and reviewing is and like we're part of it mm-hmm. we're part of this we're part of this continuum of reviewing and it's like one of those things where it's like i'm more taking the viewpoint that i need to be more active and considering the context and time span in which something came out and and i know that annoys people i can tell that it, I, I can tell that it annoys people on this cast that that i'm trying to take in more into more context of like what the zeitgeist of the existing moment is about this no, context and I'm yeah all for context I, I, no, 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 but it, but I think that the zeitgeist of the moment elevates this movie from just being a base action adventure movie, and in terms of that, and I think that's where the seven for me comes from. I think I am at a base recommendation as a base action adventure movie at a six, but I think the zeitgeist and the inclusion raises it above that for me. I agree with you, Trevor. I don't think the core narrative. I think the core narrative is too adaptable to two many different cultures, which is not a criticism so much as it is an observation that there's no core inside this movie that really wants to speak to the current political climate context or because it could speak it it basically could speak to too many political climates and contexts to be any value to the current one it's not even that in terms of just like trust underlined capitalized bold you know yeah well you should trust everybody until you should like nausicaa (laughs) is insufferable in, in the movie adaptation but it's similar themes and better 
Uh, Nausicaa is an anti-war movie, which this is very strongly is not. Eh. Because Nausicaa has the underlying element. Sorry I brought it up. We need to to get out of here. And and this lady is very definitely, strictly speaking, a warrior. So there's like a lot there to unpack. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not so much trying to criticize this movie as I am just give credit to Miyazaki, at least in the context of Nausicaa, that the man knew how to string his theme together. And I think that like Nausicaa is such an, a terrible comparison for this movie because well, it like, also comes to mind because there's so much like Christ like imagery and ethics in it to me as, and, yeah. and me reacting to my own upbringing as a Christian being not great you know that's also part of it so christ-like really that's where you go with it that's interesting to me it's very turn the other cheek and people get raised from the dead yeah <sighs> yeah i'm still not convinced that's just like us reading into like oh it's definitely me reading into it ungrounded. don't get me wrong i'm not yeah no I, I, it's just an ungrounded narrative that's very open to that interpretation would be my takeaway but sure, like that's sure. You know, again, that's not a that's not a negative or a positive for the main core. Mm-hmm. Getting down to what we absolutely agree on, though, we give Raya and the Last Dragon a seven out of ten. That is uh, from all three members, a base recommendation. Go check it out. God damn, you're not doing anything else. So you should go check it out at the very <laughs> least. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, what the fuck are you doing tonight? Are you playing cards on Zoom? Go watch Riot. It's like a great time. You'll have a good time. It'll be an action sequence. You'll enjoy it. If you're prepared to spend $30 on it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I didn't get this from Peter. And that, that <laughs> that's another risk contextual your, element. Risk yourself by going to the theater. If your theater is playing it, which mm. not all theaters are. And yeah. you'll still spend $15. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, More if you get snacks. Yeah. Wow. $30 really changes. And thank God for Peter. If Peter hadn't given this movie to me, I would have very different. I think you can tell that really I bought it, it and I didn't use Peter's. Like, I think that's maybe. That what, may be an actual thing. Maybe like that's, I, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's inherently the Was value this movie that worth on $30? There. No, it was not. No. I agree. No. And that that changes everything, Sarah, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Even if you're trying to be representative, it's just Disney's trying to get 30 bucks out of you. Go fuck them, right? Yeah, like how much good is this representation going to do if somebody's, you know, some little child's family can't afford 30 bucks on top of paying for their Disney Plus account? Yeah, go eat a dick. I'm sorry. They can get her that Raya doll for Christmas, though. Sorry, I'm sorry. I wasn't it, trying it to. Might take it might also cost thirty bucks. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't get the Aquafina playset. <laughs> that was a joke. It was not that funny. All right, for the Movie Gang podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't hate everything. <laughs> this has also been Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's TuscanShed.com, where you can check out all our other podcasts, including Animania and the Pen and Paper Pod. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we live stream the Pen and Paper Pod. Then we're out. uh, New episodes of the Movie Gang Podcast air every Tuesday. New episodes of Animania air every Wednesday. Check us out there. Thank you so much from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast and by extension, the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Thanks for listening.